One thing I do worry about, and I'm sure the message boards are a-popping like the champagne corks. Jamil Matt, Kidderminster to Fleetwood to Blackpool to Newport to Forest Green. Only one season so far in League One. The man you call JMT, Jordan Moore-Taylor, in case you'd forgotten his actual name. Only a few League One games with Milton Dons, and he came through at Exeter City. I wonder if Rich Hughes is looking for players... Not better players, because the standard of League One, League Two is more or less similar and identical. You just get more investment in League One. But do you find that the players that Rich will be looking at are ones with League One pedigree or even championship pedigree? And can you afford them and thus be competitive with your Derbys, your Ipswiches, your Peterboroughs? He's, he's got a very big job on his hands. He's passed every test he's been given so far. Rich Hughes, I think, but this is, I think this is his toughest window so far. You mentioned that Forest Green have only used 19 players, well, two of them are loanees, and I think there's a good chance they lose three of them because they're out of contract, and, and further more might be released. So you're talking a very bare squad there to the extent where I think Forest Green could sign nearly 10 players, maybe 10 this, this summer to, to compete in League One. You know, obviously they have favoured younger players during you know during his time at the club, but you know what does he what does he go for this time? I think in the summer of 2020, which again you mentioned earlier, there was a little bit of a shift in recruitment where Forest Green got um, Matt Moore Taylor, Elliot Whitehouse as well. These were all players who had a lot of games under their belt at the two level. We probably will see a little bit more experience come in. I think there will be a mix. Of, of sort of youth and experience but you know Forest Green have got one of the youngest squads in League 2 I think it was the third youngest this year only Swindon and Scunthorpe's uh, younger but I do think it, it, I think it's an exciting summer really to actually see what they do they've been recruiting in, in League 2 for for so long and the, the thing is as well promotion has looked very likely to Forest Green for a lot of the season especially since late January so I'm sure Lists have been devised of players who they, you know, want to, want to recruit if they go up, and you know, players who they recruit if they stay in League Two, and there would have been crossovers as well. But yeah, I do think it's a, an exciting summer to come because I do think it's, it's almost going to be a little bit. They will sort of retain a core of players for us, but it's going to be a little bit of a rebuilding job in the respect that they're going to have to sign players just to sort of get them up to that eighteen, nineteen mark. Yeah. The bylines to look for are Ollie Smith. And Laurie Martin. Laurie is in Laurie Lee. Were you named after Laurie Lee? I don't believe so, no. Uh, um, and this season, well, Gloucestershire Live would love to have you. Uh, I hope you get your contract extended. I'll wait for a Fabrizio Romano confirmation. <laughs> uh, and Ollie, having been employed by the club for a year, they can afford you next year. Fingers <laughs> crossed, Yeah, but, but you would do it for free. I mean, the question I've written down... Uh, the new lawn stadium sits 5,150 people. You, as the pod on top of the hill podcasters, you must know everyone. I know players listen. I can't believe you've only got a few hundred listeners. I think every Forest Green Rovers fan must know who you are. Before we started the podcast, we were both supporters of, of the club and you know that's how we became friends. And, and then when we, when we started the pod, when, when we came to uni... We thought it would just be a good idea, something to tie in with our with our journalism course and degree, and yeah, it has um you know opened our sort of eyes to, to more supporters who we, we wouldn't have spoke to in, in the past. I think we do have 
some good conversations with, with, with fans about you know, all aspects of the Forest Green. And, you know, Laurie mentioned the Heaven's Devils podcast to uh, two Americans who have a podcast on Forest, Forest Green as well. And, you know, they're very, they, they, they praise me and Laurie quite highly, which is quite surreal because we're just, we just think we're standards. Uh, people who just enjoy talking about Forest Green, and that's all the podcast is really. But I, I guess that's the beauty of supporting a club like Forest Green, having uh, quite a small fan base is a benefit in a way because you get that community feel. It's a tiny fan base. Watford can fit 20,000 people. Even if we were top of the league and beating Liverpool 7-0, people would still have problems. There is a massive schism at Watford that something is going wrong I think the club are realising that they have to adjust their expectations because you. I don't know if you follow the Premier League, but um, Watford aren't doing so well this season. We haven't won at home since about 1982. And our captain, Musa Sissoko, has a relegation release clause. Our two best strikers have relegation release clause. Our two best young players will probably be snapped up elsewhere. We're going to be left with, and no disrespect to Craig Cathcart, Craig Cathcart, the cycling GK and kind of Ray Lewington in chin pads coming to play again. So I commend a club, and it's so basic. Just run the club properly. When you played Oldham and drew 5-5 in this berserk game, you must have spoken to Oldham fans, some of whom have been in the football library, about Len Sagam. Do you look upon other clubs that aren't doing so well and despair, or does it serve them right? Not personally, but I am aware of the situation at Oldham and... It, it really does make you appreciate Dale Vince and, and what he's done for Forest Green and what he continues to do because it's, it's all we know. I've seen supporters say in the past that Dale Vince would eventually abandon Forest Green and it's all just a sort of scheme to, to spread, spread his sort of philosophies and get business for Ecotricity as Green Energy Company. But I personally think that He's here, invested into the club. He's going to be here for the long term. And he does care, care about Forest Green. Whereas a lot of owners at this level are simply purely in it for, for a business point of view. To attract, I've just written, Luke McGee, which is a name I know, born in Edgware, literally round the corner from where mum and dad grew up, and just a, a, a short bus away. So I'm sure Luke McGee and I can talk various things about Watford uh, living there. He's a graduate of Spurs. He's been your first choice. Uh, how useful has it been to have someone from a Premier League academy in goal? Well, it's definitely uh, been nice just to have a, a sort of number one, as you, as you said there, because Forest Green have had lots and lots of problems with, with goalkeepers ever since Sam Russell, who's um, you know played, I think, sort of over 200 games for, games for the club and won promotion with Forest Green, played over two spells. Yeah, he left. He left Forest Green in 2018, and Forest Green have had just lots of problems with, with goalkeepers since then. Have never really been able to settle on on a number one, and you know, Cooper sort of favoured goalkeeping rotation. And if one was to make a mistake, they would often be left out for the next few games. But yeah, Luke McGee's been been very been very very good, very consistent. I think last season he was he was good. I think he played 33 league games last season, so he still wasn't sort of definite first choice you know obviously he played more than Lewis Thomas did the second choice goalkeeper but he still didn't quite have that shirt on lockdown this season he has he's going to play all 46 games I think only sort of 
five or six goalkeepers are, are going to do that. So, yeah, he's, he's been very good. I think his improvement's been, been magnificent. It's, it's hard to know sort of, you know, how much of, uh, of his past has been, been down to that, but he's, you know, coming through at Spurs, etc. But yeah. clearly a, a very good goalkeeper who I think's improved a, a lot this season and will certainly an area that Forest Green might have to worry about in League, in league One for next season because I think he's already of that quality. This is a Forest Green question, but I'll just reference Watford again. You might not know this, but Watford lost to Burnley 2-1. And um, I bumped into Alistair Campbell, who is a big Burnley fan. Who is the most famous fan of Forest Green? Is it I think, you? <laughs> I think the club, the club say, say Jilly Cooper. Oh, OK. Um, I'm not convinced of, her, of how much of a She a, did write a, a book about football called Foul. Yeah. But as, as it stands, Ollie Smith and Laurie Martin, you are... Pod on top of the hill, the most famous Forest Green fan. So Watford lose 2-1 to Burnley. I looked at the team trying to hold on to this lead and I had zero confidence. It is absurd how badly Watford do on and off the pitch. Um, But we are compared to Liverpool. And the great thing about Liverpool, much like Forest Green, and yes, I will compare them, is that you can name the Liverpool first eleven like that. Maybe Jota now instead of Firmino. You can name... The first eleven for Forest Green Rovers, but what I'd like you to do is to name the first eleven who were promoted with a playoff win to the Football League on what still is Forest Green Rovers' biggest day out. Uh, it must be coming up to five years ago, so this might go out on the anniversary of the playoff win at the end of May. Yes, well, it's funny you say that because uh, in my hands right now is a, a book, a sort of photographic journal uh, by Shane Healy. Talking about that historic season and you know the players in the team who are heroes at, at Forest Green and you know all, all of them have, have moved on uh, since then, but they will go down as as heroes for for many years to come. And it was a you know a great occasion that day, and I think we we really did dominate Tranmere on on that pitch. And if you look at some of the players. Drissa Traore was one of the better players that day. Um, played, you know, the, the big pitch at Wembley really suited him. I don't think he is involved in um, football, professional football uh, nowadays. I think maybe the, the lower tiers of, of, of France. Chantilly. Um, She's, he's completely amateur. Chantilly um, moved oh, from yeah. Beauvais recently, but yes. And then, you know, there's some other... Great names in that team. Sam Russell. Yep, you mentioned this. Yep. Great uh, hero. Kane Woolery as well scored two goals on that day. And I think it's fair to say in the season, didn't really have too much of an impact. But scoring two goals at Wembley to guide Forest Green to, to the Football League for the first time is a, you, know, you can't get away from how big of an achievement that was. Yep. And Liam Noble was, was club captain at the time. His Forest Green career ended with a bit of a sour taste, I guess you could say, that season and that team are all heroes at the club. Yeah, uh, just finishing, which Watford Academy graduate played right back that day? Dale Bennett. Dale Bennett. Correct. Uh, which current Premier League defender was solid at the back? Ethan Pinnock. I saw him play for Dulwich and it was one of those, this kid's going to go places. What's he doing in non-league? It is incredible that he's playing for Brentford. In the Premier League, yeah. that must bring you so much joy. He was far too good for for, for non-league and the National League. He was just 
superior in every department to every other defender in the league. He was, you know, physically very tall, very powerful, quick as well. But most importantly for the Forest Green team, his ability on the ball was amazing. And yeah, to see him in the in the Premier League now after that brilliant season for us it is uh, it's great to see because he was clearly a very talented player. Yeah, and not to not to piss on the parade of his defensive partner, but who is on loan from Barrow at Solihull Moors at the moment? Mark Ellis. Mark Ellis. Uh, and then just to complete the team, the left back? Manny Monte. Manny Monte is now at Walsall. And he's missing, uh, well, who who scored the other goal in the game? For Christian Doidge. Christian Doidge, we mentioned him. Um, there is a midfielder who now plays for Kuching City, who played on the right that day. That's a chance and a half. Um, that's brilliant. I got him from oh god, what a what a sort of got a career from Barnet, um, but came through at Arsenal among other places. Uh, and you're missing another centre midfielder who is at Wealdstone. I knew I knew that name, Charlie Cooper. Charlie Cooper, and that is all eleven. Given that that's the greatest Forest Green side that's ever been put out, which players from the League Two era could displace any of those players? It's a difficult one, I think. Jamil Matt will go down as a club legend for Forest Green. I think he's now the top EFL goal scorer with 36 goals. He could make 20 goals this season if he scores against Mansfield. So I think you know he's right up there. I think Ibu Adams has you know played over 100 games for Forest Green, been so consistent for three seasons. So I think he'll be right up there as well. And then in terms of quality, I think the wing backs came also Nicky Cadden. And then Matty Stevens as well, of course, for, for the goal scoring he's done. But two, yeah, two unbelievable teams. Obviously, differences in quality because it's you know up tier, you know, have gone up the league and stuff. But in terms of the legacy they'll leave, I look at the likes of Matt and, and Adams, who've you know been at Forest Green for a certain period of time and have just been sort of real consistent faces of. of the last couple of seasons and the promotion winning campaign. Oh, it must be a joy, a complete joy to watch Forest Green. Although this year you are celebrating two famous anniversaries. You weren't alive, so I, I'm sure you'll have to ask some of the more older in the teeth fans to tell you about the Hellenic League FA Vars double of 1982 and then the back-to-back Southern League wins, uh, I think Southern League North and then Southern League Premier, uh, 96-7, 97-8, under manager Frank Gregan. Gregan? Gregan, we, we go for, yeah. Good. Is he still around? He is. He, he lives in Spain now. I believe he watches, watches games on, on streaming services, yeah. Very nice. So, given the context of the club when they were completely amateur in the FA Vars and Southern League days, the older fans who have been going and climbing up the hill, maybe who also listen to Pod on Top of the Hill, and it's uh, the FGR Pod, isn't it, on Twitter? Correct. Yeah. Yes, and uh, I got mine through. Oh, there's loads of podcast platforms. What do you suggest? Um, is it Buzzsprout or Spotify? And um, what other platforms? Podbean, Podbean, and Spotify are yeah. two that we, we use. That's where I went. Six hundred and eleven followers. So maybe not every Forest Green fan purport. Maybe they're just not on Twitter because they're Dale Vince doesn't like Twitter, perhaps. Um, but. Compared with the joys of those two eras, is this brilliant for being so... Is, uh, romantic's the wrong word, but just different. How different is it for the older fan 
to go to Derby and Ipswich next year and not any Hellenic League club? I think it's, it's, it's massive because what really frustrates me about opposition fans is they look at Forest Green and call us a Tim Pot club with, with no history. But, you know, as we've alluded to, that's simply not the case. Just because we've not had a massive history in you know, the mainstream in the, in the football league doesn't mean that we've, we've not had one. And I know lots of supporters from that era of uh, the Forest Green uh, don't follow the club anymore, but the majority of, and have stuck with, with Dale Vince since he's come in and, you know, what, what it means for the old generation having 100 supporters at a game to now close to 3,000. You know, for Forest Green, uh, it's the ultimate goal that Dale Vince uh, has in mind is to reach the championship and whether that does actually happen or how, how long that will take, nobody knows, but the ambition is incredible and the journey that the club has been on is amazing. I don't know when the fixture list comes out because I, I don't ring the fixture release date because it always changes, so there's no point. Um, I'm already resigned to the fact that I'll be going to, I call it, Wigan and Rotherham, not Liverpool and Man U. We're going to Wigan and Rotherham uh, and you next season in League One. Are you more excited about the first home game or about going to Derby next season? I think the away games are the ones you've got to look out for, you know, going to all these massive stadiums that have been in, been in the Premier League. You know, the, the likes of Stadium of Light, Hillsborough, Fratton Park, Forest Green went to the Valley a few years ago in the Carabao Cup and, and won on penalties, but up against them on a, on a level, level playing field as well. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's always the, the away games you look at and hoping to go there, you know, maybe nick a 1-0 or, or a draw or whatever and really frustrate a 20,000-plus home crowd or whatever. Um, you know, the home games will, will be good, no doubt about it, watching these, again, these massive clubs who have been to some of the best stadiums in the country and in some cases maybe even like around around Europe in the case of, you know, Portsmouth and stuff like that, watching them in the open terrace at the New Law. But I think it's, I think the away games as a, as a fan... As media, the ones you look at, because yeah, Forest Green not so long ago were, were visiting, you know, but only only five years ago, you know, going to North Therapy and, and Guiseley, and it's you know going to be Sheffield Wednesday Derby, Ipswich, things like that. So it's unbelievable. I'm so proud for Dale because it means that he can mix and mingle with some other chairman uh, and try and sell his idea, but. You've got a winning football team. It's a winning idea. No one is begrudging Forest Green, a potential wooden stadium. And uh, what's the road called next to it? The right way? The good way? Another way. way. Yes. I'll finish with some quick questions. Uh, I'm sorry I haven't been able to ask about Forest Green Rovers ladies, but have they had a good season? Yes, they've had a good season. It was the first season that they've actually... And can I ask you, who do you like reading? Which journalists... Apart from John Palmer, obviously. Um, well, Martin, Martin, Correct answer. You mentioned, you mentioned that he needs to write a book. I'm not sure what the eventual plan is, but I know he's been doing a lot of writing recently about promotion. So it's going to be something to keep an eye out for there. Yes, and if I can recommend Pitch Publishing, who are publishing my book From Kids to Champions, The History of the FA Youth Cup, I hope that Forest Green can build... I know it's not even among the top 10 priorities, but building a, a stable youth academy um, would be great for the kids around Gloucestershire. I know it's a rugby place. The West of England is more rugby than soccer. 
but you shook off the rugby. You're both soccer guys. It's worked out for you both. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm so pleased for you. Pod on Top of the Hill will be required listening. Uh, probably the best of the two Forest Green Rovers um, shows. Just give a shout out to the other one, just in case there's a collaboration on the horizon for the end of the season. Heaven, Heaven's Devils podcast. Yeah. Very good, very funny. Funnier than us. Uh, <laughs> no, well, we, that's why we have Match of the Day and Match of the Day 2. Um, or a Monday Night Club and Super Sunday. Or th- that, That's what it seems to be. Actually, this is my last question. Do you think football coverage is too, has too much banter? Because when I was young, it was more about journalism. Now it's about Roy Keane going, how could you? It's not fun for me, but I'm not the audience, I think. So speaking as two children who are about to graduate, do you like that kind of banter style? I'm, I'm not a Roy Keane fan. I, I find when Sky Sports football posts on Twitter, the, you know, a millionth tweet about, you know, Man United one nil down at halftime, it's Roy Keane speaking, I just think, oh, come on. I, you know, I much prefer, I much prefer the, uh, the Carragher and, and Neville duo. Obviously, you know, they have a bit of banter between them, but I think they're, you know, very good at what they do. But I, I'm not a fan of Keane on Sky Sports, I'll be honest. But you're a fan of John Palmer, so are you preparing yourself for Cheltenham Forest Green next year? Yeah, I mean, it'll be good to have, good to have the derby back. I mean, it's a very sort of recent derby in terms of it didn't... It was when both teams were going for the National League title in 15-16, where it really took off. And then, obviously, they were both in the Football League together in 17-18. Forest Green have always had the, the upper hand in, in the rivalry. Cheltenham beat Forest Green last season, but that was the first time they'd done it in I think eleven attempts all the way back to nineteen ninety eight. So um it'll be it'll be good to have it back. I know, I know you know people might people might laugh at it. It's not the most well known derbies, but I think it's 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 been good for good for Gloucestershire football and you know Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire football's never been in a in a better place with those two clubs either. Yeah, and I'm talking um around the time that Watford are preparing to see Luton Town possibly get in the playoffs. There's still a bit of work to do for them. But otherwise, it's Watford-Luton next season. A lot of... No, it's more fun in League One. And uh, I only wish that I lived... Well, I lived near Wickham, so I could go to Wickham. Wickham Forest Green. I'll see you at Adams Park. (laughs) Forest Green Rovers did become champions of League Two. The promotion party in Nailsworth got going. And no sooner had it ended than a bombshell was dropped in Gloucestershire. As shown by the title of the podcast which Ollie and Laurie put out immediately after the news, the bombshell news, that Rovers are champions, but Edwards is a hornet. You can hear it in full if you type in podbay.fm and go to Top of the Hill podcast. Well, Laurie, it's been an emotional rollercoaster over the, the last sort of four, five, six days, hasn't it? I know I feel emotionally drained. We've had probably the highest uh, moment of our lives, you know, supporting uh, supporting Forest Green, winning the League Two title, and then before that, even you know, while we were trying to celebrate that, struck back down, straight back to reality again, when the man who's been behind the, the success this season has now gone to to Watford. Crazy, crazy news! It's, it's thrown Forest Green Twitter. And and the forum into into madness, um, you know. We knew there were rumours linking him with the Watford job, to which you spoke to him. I think was it last Thursday? Yeah, yeah, this time last week. And he said, "Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to you know 
being in League One with with um, with Forest Green. What what was your reaction when you when you first saw the news? Um, I know it came out a few different uh, publications that there were were ongoing talks uh, gone on in a very strange way, which is completely different to what to what we would have expected from a man like Rob. Where were you when the news broke about Ari? And was it an appropriate place to break down onto your knees and scream no? <laughs> and obviously Edwards has been sort of linked with with jobs, and when you do su- successfully. You're always going to get linked with bigger jobs. And, you know, last week it was Birmingham, Watford, Salford. Um, he was up there for betting in, for the Hibernian job as well. But I, I, I never got the impression he was going to go to, to any of them. And that's even without what was said in the press conference last week. I, I think people are, are annoyed most about that, that in the press conference he, he's, he said, mm. I fully expect to be at Forest Green in League One next season. They've given me the opportunity I don't particularly feel upset about that or anything, but I did genuinely believe he'd stay at Forest Green. But when a club like Watford come calling, it's, it's such a good opportunity for him, obviously, but I understand completely that the manner in which he did it is what people aren't happy about. Yeah, it was yesterday at our house. I was sat on the sofa, mate was playing FIFA, and he just looks at his phone and goes, oh, Rob Edwards is in advanced talks on on the Athletic, and I looked and... From there, it just progressed so quickly, didn't it? It yeah, was so it difficult to keep up with it, and I felt shattered. I was yeah. like, we've been put through the ringer here. Like, is we've gone from at the start of the day, I felt so confident that we would have Rob Edwards leading us in League One. Yeah. To yeah. He, he's he's gone and he's taken his assistant with him as well, just yeah. just like that. And not only that, all the drama surrounding it, where all three parties, I'm guessing, have got sort of differing views on it. I don't think any party particularly comes out well from it really no, no just yeah crazy mate yeah and i i've i handed in my my final project yesterday for university so most of the day was spent finishing that off and you know it's, even though it's crazy well edward's leaving that was an, af- an afterthought to me at the time and then once i handed that in i was able to to look at everything that was going on and, and realize what had happened the seeing all of dale's tweets he was fuming on on twitter um, you know he's always been quite active on 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 Twitter as a, as a chairman at Forest Green, but I think we we saw stuff that he wouldn't have maybe post posted in the past. You know, saying to to, to Watford fans and and uh, like Jackie Oakley that he had the contract in front of him and that there wasn't that prover- was it proverbial I don't know some some agreement in place that yeah. he could he could, t- he could get out of the contract and you know I think he tweeted out saying that it was until May twenty twenty four. Which is a piece of new information that we we didn't know before because he'd always been very very coy when talking about the contract. But you know, it didn't really hit me until until last night when I started to feel quite quite sad and you know deflated because we've had such a, a great last few weeks and a brilliant season overall. The club's been so connected. Rob's been the polar opposite uh, to, to Mark Cooper in terms of connecting with the fans. It's been such a, a brilliant time to, to be a Forest Green Rovers fan a great atmosphere and then I feel like that's all just come crumbling down in the space of three hours on a Wednesday morning maybe Rob Edwards might take Ebu and Kane to, to Watford with him but they'll probably be off anyway are we going to sign the, the players who are still negotiating with us if the manager who they've just won the league under isn't here when a new, a new person comes in what, what's going to happen to the team It's it's very strange and you know as bad as it seems, it could be a lot worse because a couple of days before, Rich Hughes was 
was seemingly off to off to Pompey, and then you know we we maybe offered him more money or some a better deal, and, and he remained with us. How much how much of a part did Rob Edwards play in that? Was a very strange period because we'd just gone from an extreme high to an extreme low, and everyone's suddenly fallen out of love with Robin. I don't know how to feel towards him because he's such a great guy. And Saturday, I was was dancing with him on the pitch and in and in the pub, and now and now he's gone, and everyone's hate hated him on on Twitter, which is completely understandable. Just like the library, just like the library, just like the library.